have nice sea bass today. Shall I bring it for everyone? We want a special. Did you hear me, Chinese waiter? We want the special. The special is for special occasions. I cannot give you the special. But this is a special occasion. It's her birthday. A birthday is a special occasion. I will therefore bring a special for everybody. isn't very popular. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 116 and my name is Scott. My name is Jared. My name is Michael. Nice. 116. We're back again. Here we are. Guys, we never miss it, right? Think about it. Do we? We try not well, to. Not really, man. On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching. Uh, before we, we head into the jungle for our out of slightly out of focus review of um, Amazonia. Yeah. Our really green, washed out, kind of piss green colored. Only about 10% of the shots were out of focus. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's okay. That, that, that'll do, right? Uh, we're reviewing The Lost City of Zed. Zed, no, not Red, Z. Red, you're really, you're really. I'm very excited about this. Uh, well, specifically about that. Yeah. The fact that it's Zed, that it's not Z. Yeah, hmm. because that's actually that's correct. Yeah, the, the saying Z is wrong, completely incorrect. You dumb Yankees! Oh no, I oh, said no. it. There what? it is. I said it. <clears throat> Throw in shade. That's not. No, we love our American cool. listeners. We love. I them. love you, but you pronounce it wrong. <sighs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you can subscribe to all of our episodes on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. Or the podcast software of your choice. But what's really important around here, Red? What What is really going to make, make these gears turn and, and set everything in motion? Well, that would be if you decided to head over to Patreon, mm-hmm. I think. Patreon? Well, patreon.com slash vertical viewing. Ooh, and a URL. When you're there, you have the choice. You could, uh, if you decide you want to support the podcast week after week, you could become a hydrogen lithium is it month after month hydrogen or, helium oh, sorry hydrogen helium or lithium level uh subscriber patron <clears throat> patron i believe is it, what you get to be call the, yourself the point, you you do become a patron of patreon yeah uh yeah and, and at the rate of one two or three dollars a month oh, a month sorry you you can help us uh keep the lights on offset the cost of seeing movies putting on the show you know how it is uh you can also while you're on this site there's there's some goodies for the patrons, right? Yeah, like stuff that, you know, the free listeners don't actually have access to. Mm-hmm. Like you can check out our review of Prisoners from back in 2015. Uh, you can also check out our review of whoa, Nightcrawler as well, right? Yeah, I heard there might be some videos on there. Well, we're working on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can check out. Or I think the Inside review might go up there if you've played the game Inside. Yeah, definitely don't listen to the review until you've played it, because it is full of spoilers. It's a spoiler discussion. Yeah, we we break it wide open, and uh, there's some goodies in that. 
uh, you can go to our website. It is verticalviewing.com. That's where you can just do a one-time donation. If you're a little bit shy and you don't want to commit to a long-term relationship we just want to dip with, your toes yeah. in the water of donations. We've been it casual. Yeah, we accept the PayPal donation on verticalviewing.com. You click that donate button, and then it's just a one-timer. It's easy. It's super easy. And we thank you for it. We accept Bitcoin, Dogecoin. There it is. It always comes up, right? Yep. I don't think a Seatsy fly came in today, though. You just nailed it's it. It's in the show. Yeah. Your thoughts and recommendations can go to verticalviewing at gmail.com. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Vertical Viewing. On Instagram at Vertical Viewing Podcast. I am on Letterboxd. Thanks for, uh, for coming out tonight, guys. Uh, it's, it's been a great show. Good night. Perfect. All right. See ya. Uh, Letterboxd. <laughs> S-K-O-T-T-E. Uh, Mike Lind still hasn't committed to any term... Any type of relationship with Letterboxd. I've signed up. That's I'm still I'm he's waiting just to like dipping my toe in. Confirm email address or yeah. something. He's reserved his spot. There's no one moved into the lot yet, you know? It's waiting to be developed. It's being surveyed. Cultivated. There's, there's a bit of a funding issue I have to work out right now. Hmm. Get the proper permits, grease some palms. Oh, pay- It'll happen. Permits. Red tape. Yeah. Don't you hate it? That sounds terrible. Uh but seriously, Letterbox doesn't need any of that. So. We can get on with the show, however, Red. I know that you watched Bill Nye, the science guy. I did watch. Oh, I forgot Bill. this it's, it's, came out it's this week. It's actually not called, that's a different show, Bill Nye, the science guy. What I watched is a show on Netflix called Bill Nye Saves the World. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched two episodes of this, two and a, and a little bit more, uh, and it's fantastic. It's not the same as Bill Nye, the science guy, obviously. That was aimed at me when I was a child. Is this some sort of variety show a little um, bit? Or? It does involve celebrities in certain segments, but they're just helping Bill do an experiment or demonstrate a concept or uh, have... A, there is a panel at one point, so usually, it, that... It, Sorry, yes. the demonstrations, is it like the big short where the celebrities will just pop in and explain what's going on? Uh, and then Sometimes like that. Okay. Uh, sometimes there's in front of a what seems to be a live audience. Is Margot mm. Robbie in a bubble bath? No, I wish. That would make the show even better. Uh, there's, But there is a live panel with three uh, experts, usually with different opinions. Um, those conversations are very interesting that I've seen so far. Um, one of the guys... Uh, in episode two, the title of the episode is, uh, what is it? Um, tune your quackometer or quackometer. This sounds like it's for kids. Um, and he's, no, well, it's, they're talking about being skeptical, you know, and where in the world of fake news and that sort of thing, you have to be careful and skeptical. Um, and they they have this panel <laughs> and the one guy, they just, he's a filmmaker and he's talking about, he, you can see him start to get rankled when they're dismissive of things like crystal healing. And he's like, you know, when you go to, you know, somewhere like Sedona and, uh, there's, it's on a crystal bed and the and, vortex is, and, and Bill's like, Hey man, I've been to Sedona. Like he's, he's doing this hippie voice like, Hey man, hey I've man. been to Sedona hey and man. I'm not picking up what you're putting down. man." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's just, it's great. It's a great show. Um, it's addressing 
you know, it starts off, the first episode is the world, or the earth is a hot mess. And, and he, Bill starts off by ranting. He's like, you know, I got my own show. And you think I'm not going to talk about climate change? And he's like freaking out. He's going off about how the only reason why anybody doesn't believe it. And so he's, he handles that immediately to get it out of the way, I think. Um, it's missing, in my opinion, one thing. And that is the guy's voice that used to be over top of everything that would be like, uh, Bill. Bill, Bill, did you, oh, did you, yeah. like in all the different sketches, you he, just hear this guy, this deep, deep voice. He'd sort of talk back and forth with this weird inner monologue dude or something. Yeah. And you I know, don't remember what that, he, that was guy was a about. comedian, I think from a uh, uh, Seattle comedy group and okay. somehow Bill was affiliated with them, I believe. Yeah. Cause he did the show out in Seattle, right? Yeah. But uh, anyways, it's, that's just a personal so critique. So I'm. I'm glad that this show's getting made, and I'm glad that Bill Nye's back because he's one of my favorite human beings ever. He's so entertaining to he, watch. I, he's like my like second dad or something like that. So entertaining, uh, engaging, and amusing. He, 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 he I, I was saying this to you earlier. He reminds me a lot of my dad. Like he, he's in the same industry. I, I, I don't know why, but uh, just the fact that this is a, a TV show that has to engage in so much political discussion somewhat depresses me yeah he talks about that i mean he's sort of like i reluctantly have to do this i guess but i mean i wish this could be just a science show but however the world we live in now science is controversial no matter what the subject is well, it's fucking ridiculous what like, no matter this what you're talking about people yeah, the, argue about it now the march for science was this weekend yeah and like, I mean, people are, we legitimately have to defend science at this point. Well, so why, when did this fucking start, and man? When Donald Trump got elected president. Well, one of the signs, no. one of Harper, my favorite Harper's, signs. Sorry, sorry, Harper's been trying to fuck with science for like 10 years. Yeah, but he doesn't have as much power and as he's Donald not as, Trump yeah. does. He's not as goofy or like uninformed or ill-advised. I was just going to say one of my favorite signs was... Why am I marching for facts? <laughs> yeah, like, this sucks, dude. <laughs> All this like, sucks. How come I have yeah. to march to protect facts? Yeah, yeah. like ugh. Th- that part is just a sad burden that we all have to bear. Like, oh, idiots kind of run everything now, and it, we. Yeah, it does come up actually in one of the the panels in one of the early episodes, <sighs> and and he's, they say like. This one woman says like, "What can we do? Like, what can we do to affect change? Those of us who don't." you know necessarily know how to fix things what can we do and and bill nye is just like vote <laughs> vote <laughs> so it like it, and he and he says uh if you say that you're you know like ill-informed or he, he addresses one excuse and he says if you say that he's like he, i do not accept it like you're not allowed you don't have you don't not allowed to say that like find out and yeah, there's Go no vote. excuse. Yeah, right. it doesn't take a lot of work to to just get a little bit of information about who you're voting for. Mm-hmm. So people aren't bothered to even do that, man. That's true. It's like sharing a sexy headline, like Star Wars is going to be filmed in Abbotsford, British Columbia, and then you realize that this same article's been reprinted with like every single town in in America. Fake news, everybody. Zero ten zero zero ten zero. Mike, what have you been watching? Was that all you had read? That's it. 
Uh, well, I haven't watched a lot because I've been playing. I, I managed to get a hold of a Nintendo Switch, as did I. Uh, and I've been playing a lot of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. It's incredible, which is <sighs> one of the best games I've ever played ever. <clears throat> that yeah. has nothing to do with the fact that it's on a portable console. That's really revolutionary. Like, if, if this game was just on the Wii, would you be saying that? Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. like I, it doesn't matter what system this is on right mm. now. The game is just so polished and so well made, and it's just fun. And this giant world has f- so many crazy things. I've wasted so much time being like, okay, I'm going to, because it's an open world game. I'll just go up onto a mountain, look out, and be like, okay, that looks like some interesting stuff over there. I'm going to go over there. And by the time I get there, hours have passed because on the way, I've encountered so many cool things. Yeah. I'm impressed that you've actually gotten to the initial destination. Well, I always really get involved in the uh, side quests. Well, that's why open world games are kind of daunting and scary and frustrating. Well, and, and I typically, it has to be a specific type of open world game. It has to be done well for me. Otherwise, I think it's stupid. It's just wasting time. It's full of stuff that's just busy work. I don't feel like any of that is in this game. Everything is interesting. Everything is well thought out. It's great. So Um, good. What's the... uh, Is there already or is there going to be a Mario equivalent for... Like, I I remember Mario Galaxy, I think, is still... Yeah. The game you're talking about is Super Mario Odyssey. It's coming out this this December or November, I guess. Weird. Yeah. uh, He's he's in New Donk City, everybody. Interesting. New Donk. What what do you guys think about Mario? Like, what's... New... uh, Yeah, that sounds bizarre. City. But Mario Galaxy came out a long time ago, but I still think it looks great, and it's really fun, and all the games that have come out since are just different versions of it. Well, they haven't really made a follow-up to that since then. I think this is probably the closest... So this yeah, is going to be... It'll the... be interesting to see what this is. Cool. Um, I, I love Mario. I, the, I had a Nintendo Entertainment System as my first video game console ever. Nice. I haven't had a Nintendo since the GameCube came out because... Right. Same. I didn't get a Wii. I didn't get a Wii U. And it's been years. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of nice. I feel like I'm coming home because I'm very happy with the Switch so far. The Joy-Con dock controller that it comes with is garbage. But other than that... Utter... Utter garbage. Like I just leave the, like it, I leave the Joy Cons attached. Like I leave the Joy Cons attached to the system, and I picked up a Pro controller, which is a super comfortable oh. controller. And so I just play it's that ergonomic, folks. And then when I want to get up and walk around, I just set the controller on my coffee table, walk over to the dock, take the entire system out, and I'm already playing. It's, it's almost great. just like in the commercial. It's so good. Yeah, the the, the actual process of of undocking it and docking it, it is really marvelous. And and the fact that what you're seeing on the screen immediately becomes playable just in your hands. And uh, how's the craftsmanship instantly? on these pieces? The controllers are not the greatest. The, the The Switch unit itself is amazing. It's it's just the Joy-Cons are kind of flimsy. Hmm. We'll and see. Hence how the Pro controllers I, kind of... I haven't found them flimsy essential. when it's in part of the unit. Like, there's a little give, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think, actually, my favorite feature, which is such a little thing, is when you plug it in or turn it on, it turns your TV on if it's off and goes to the input. If your TV is already on and on a different input, it just switches over to the to the input for you. Crazy. So it's automatic. It just automatically does there's it. There's some cool strong arms yeah, to your device. No, it's cool. It's cool. 
I love that. Uh, but while I, when I haven't been playing Zelda, I've taken some time and I've been watching an anime on Netflix called Gurren Logan. You're hardcore. Yeah, man. man. I guess I'm back in my anime kick. I, I, like a decade ago, I was, and then I just went away from it, and now I'm back into it. So, uh, so I, on my uh, show notes document, I just made a scribble for <laughs> whatever you're talking about right now. Gurren Logan. Gurren Logan. It's ridiculous. What is this? It's so uh, beast people have taken over the surface of the world. Yeah. Um, as they do. Humanity, I, as for the I most say, part. you know, animes are always so <laughs> realistic. I just can't get over it. It's uh, It really is a cautionary tale. Anyway, humanity lives underground, but uh, there's these two guys that decide they want to live on the surface. And one kid finds this weird face robot thing. It's like a robot, but its body is a face, and it's got little arms and legs. And so... I can't. These, I can't picture this. These things are. It, it's think. Think of the head of a giant robot, and that's what it is. And then this weird. They call them gunmen, but it's basically a mech. But the bodies are also giant faces, and then arms and legs fall into this town and start fighting. They're like shit. There's this world up above, and what I'm picturing look like kind of crabs. Like heads with arms and legs down. No, no, it's like they're bipedal, bipedal. So it's attack on Titan. So, so it's basically like these robots don't have a head where a human head would be. They're humanoid shaped, but their torso is their face. Oh, <laughs> so they kind of look like that guy from uh, Ah Real Monsters. Do you remember that old cartoon, Nickelodeon's mm, Ah Real Monsters? No. He had he was holding his eyeballs in his hands. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that. Like his torso was a nose and mouth. Yeah, and his oh, eyeballs are just yeah. like up here and, and, his, and yeah. yeah he, okay. Yeah, I got that now. Uh, so, but, but that's not at all what they look no, like. No, not nothing, nothing like that <laughs> at all. But uh, and so it turns out that this head robot thingy that he found, like just like because it's a tiny head, it w- looks like it would fit on top of these other robots. It can drill into the robot and like make it a better robot. So it's it's. I, I, okay, a while ago I watched a show called Kill a Kill. Yes, which yes, is remember, abs- I remember this. It's absurd it's and very ridiculous, yeah. and over the top. And Gurren Logan is also absurd and ridiculous and over the top because as the guys are talking, it'll be animated like the faces on the robots are talking for them. So there's these giant mechs with ridiculous torso faces that are yelling at each other, and they do super crazy power moves and. It's just stupid, hilarious okay. fun. Uh, so, is this thumbs up or thumbs down? I don't know. It's it's mediocre. I would recommend Kill the Kill if you're looking for absurd over this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of good stuff about that one. Kill the Kill, like so. Kill space la, la space kill is hilarious. Um, and then I've also watched a few episodes of Power Rangers. <laughs> What, like the original the show? The original show. Okay, did you watch any of the Brian Cranston episodes? No, I forgot how bad this show was. Yeah. But I loved it when I was younger. Yeah, we all did. And it was so formulaic. We would all jump around on the couch and do kung fu after it was over. Well, and because I, I watched it because I had recently uh, witnessed the Power Rangers reboot in the theaters. Witnessed? And... <laughs> And uh, like this is Mad Max. <laughs> Did you spray paint your grill with chrome before you went in? You know it. Um, okay, I forgot to mention. I think last time I was talking about Power Rangers is that when the credits roll, I got the power comes on. I got the power. Boo deep deep. Caused me to laugh. I laughed so hard when that came on. Um, 
but I appreciate this movie more because of how it took something so stupid and made it fun again. Fun again, but also kept the stupid stuff. This movie, the new Power, the Power Rangers reboot, made less money than Tomorrowland. Oh no. Yeah, you know what? That it was. I wanted to go see it, but it was gone so it's fast. Done. It's done. It was gone so fast. Yeah. They neon demoned that shit. They were like, oops. It's a, <laughs> Shouldn't have got a theatrical release. <laughs> we're sorry about this. It's, what it's, Power it's, Rangers? It's, it's, it's a fun movie. I don't know. But, but, no, but uh, the, the show, The though, show itself. Yeah. I, uh, it's great to just have on and witness how, like... It, it, witness? <laughs> he's witnessing the Power Rangers, yes. this guy. Well, okay. <laughs> They, once they, once upon a time, Power Rangers, you witness it. You drink the power. So once upon a time, I had a dream to be in film or TV. Maybe that will still happen. This show gives me hope that anybody Anything can is possible. do it. Yeah, because it's so bad. But you know what this was, right? Like they were taking footage from an Asian... Yeah, uh, yeah, super super Sendai. Yeah, yeah but and I then just like shoehorn, literally, I love just it. like cutting yeah, the, the and show sticking is, in teen American drama. The show is still made that way. That's the, the show still is on, and I believe it's still done the same way. It's done in like so many different countries, and they all just take the same footage and chop it up. It's amazing. Balkan Skull, man. Just whenever Balkan oh, Skull God. would come on this 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 the screen, I would I, even as like a 10, 12 year old. I would just say this sucks. Balk and Skull are fucking losers. They're kind of a bad joke, right? The music, like the big fat dumb guy, and the skinny dumb guy. Well, the music would just absolutely go bananas whenever they came on, and it turned into this crazy spoof show. Slapstick, right? Yeah, it was bad. Slipping around on ice cream or some shit. So bad. Like in episode two, not Balk and Skull, but the Power Rangers are fighting putties, not morphed, and they're like. All right, lock up. And so Billy gets on what are, Jason's shoulders, leans back, and Kimberly grabs onto his legs, and they start spinning around. So Billy's fists are out, so they make a human helicopter, <laughs> but they're moving so slowly. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's so cool! Wow, the putties guys. are just kind of like. What are they? They would, hey, yeah, they would. What? What are these guys doing? They would sometimes actually fight the putties, like you said, when they weren't morphed, right? Like they would just. It would be the act, the American actors in a playground. Yeah, they shot. They'd go to like a park. Yeah, and be like, "All right, guys, do some kung fu. We're gonna shoot from different angles, and we're gonna use this in eight different episodes this season." So the the best part of this show. And I remember thinking when I was younger too, is the Super Sentai stuff? Oh, like, I love the Japanese it too. footage. The kaiju stuff is incredible. Yeah, like old Voltron style stuff and all of that. Like, ah oh, man, big floppy buildings. Well, and... I love the idea of like each of these different cool robots on their own uh, combining to the one right, like Voltron style. Yeah, it, that's such a great idea. I feel like movies haven't really tra- none of the Transformers movies have really. Well, they, the Constructicon scene. They had the Devastator, Devastator. in two, yeah, yeah, which was cheapened by the fact that John Turturro was uh, climbing up the pyramid. Was climbing up the pyramid, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm directly below the enemy scrotum," and it just had these big wrecking balls <laughs> oh, hanging yeah. down. Yeah, like, there was actual balls. Like, yeah, yeah, that was why for idiots. Why the fuck, Michael? Because Michael Bay. Yeah. Okay. What else you got? Uh, I watched episode one of Outlander, and I realized that show is not for me, so I'm not gonna not gonna watch anymore. Hmm, what's not to love, man? That's like a romance, right? Wait, Outlander is the one with the 
Not no bike riding samurai swords. No, right? that's no, into the badlands. That's into the oh, badlands. Sh- my bad. And that's amazing. My bad. Uh, no, you're, th- you're badlands. This is based on a um, a novel where um, a woman from 1940 or 1920 something. Anyway, after one of the wars in Europe, goes back in time to like the 1700s. Uh, yeah, and it's just not. It's like that Meg Ryan movie where she, her, her and Hugh Jackman go Kate through. and Leopold. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is definitely not. I'm not the target audience for this uh, show. I admit that. So, okay. and that, if, if you happen to follow, and, and that's not a recommendation, not a recommendation. If, a if you down. if you find that your sensibilities in film and TV seem to coincide with mine more often than not, give Outlander a miss. You're welcome. And that's all I got. Um, okay, so I got, I got some goodies, guys. Let's hear it. I got some fucking goodies. Scott's got some goodies. So the first one I watched, I, I put this on while I was waiting for my Switch to get delivered, and it took a long time, so ended up watching this entire movie, okay? It's called Robot. Hold on, wait. Just Robot? You're waiting so I knew for my, it to be delivered? Yeah, so my Switch... On Wednesday last oh, week. Oh, you knew it was coming because you saw... neurotically oh, following gotcha. the, uh, the... The Canada Post the tracking okay. updates. I thought tracking. you hit purchase order. I'll no. just wait. Put on a movie. No, no. No. It, it said out for delivery, so I knew it was coming sometime in the morning. Gotcha. So I just... It, I stuck this movie on. It's called Robot. It's on Netflix. This is a Bollywood movie. Oh, oh shit. I, I saw... It. Do you guys know what this movie is? I no, looked, I don't. I looked at this movie. I think I put it on my list. You guys might have seen clips of this on the internet. It, 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 it It's like a weird Matrix ripoff with these robot clones that are forming into these crazy shapes. Like, they turn into, like, a snake. It, a giant man made out of smaller robots turn into a wrecking ball made of dudes. This this it, it's like a mixture of fucking Jet Li's The One. You nice. Guys, you guys remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And then The Matrix. So this movie is two hours and 45 minutes long. I watched the entire thing. Wow. Because partially I was waiting for the switch. But also, <laughs> it is amazing. Really engrossing, apparently. So it, it opens. You in. This dude is inventing this robot named Chitty. Chitty. And, uh, it, yeah. It's, it's a Chitty robot. Well, no, it is kind of. But, it, like, the whole time he, he, he keeps repeating his sort of phrase. He's like, I am Chitty. Uh, speed one terahertz. Uh, a processor. Uh, or no, storage one petabyte or something. Like, he just repeats his sort of specs to everybody he meets. Hmm. Uh, he falls in love with this beautiful woman he's a poor conversation played by ashwarya rai yeah super hot she was like miss world or whatever yeah Ooh, that sounds She's like i should watch very this. beautiful but this i didn't realize this about bollywood movies uh every single one of them is also a musical yeah they, they all i think not like all but film has a large music. percentage of them have just no matter what genre it is it has music in it yep so this this film is sort of a spoof action romance musical sci-fi fucked up things 
<laughs> but so I mean, it's a thumb way up. No, it I, like. I have to show you guys the action sequences from this movie because they are some of the most bananas shit that I've ever seen in a movie ever. Have you seen? Think the, about you know Kung Fu Hustle or Shaolin Soccer. You yeah, guys seen yeah. those movies? There's some cool stuff. Take that and smash the Matrix into it. There's some really cool uh, <laughs> scenes that you might have seen from some cop movies. Uh, specifically, I think one. I think it might be called the one. Um, and it's a cop who, you know, flips his car and grabs guys while it's in midair. And there's some really neat action that comes out of Bollywood. During the break, during great. the break, we're going to watch Robot, a.k.a. End, End Huron, I believe. Proper I, name. I, you're you're attempting. It's amazing, man. Fucking Robot. Cool. Uh, I, did, I added it to my list while you were talking. It, when <laughs> I thought I had it, when but it I didn't. busts out into these musical numbers, I'm just like completely captivated because they're really well done, and some of them are really funky, and they're like these weird music videos about like being a robot. Like, did the yeah? Like it's like there's some parts where like two point oh. Two point oh, and it's fucking oh my god, and like bing bing robota robota, like it's so ridiculous. It's fucking amazing. Lots of fun. Robots on Netflix. It it is one of a kind. I, I've never seen anything like it. And if all Bollywood movies are like this, which I know they're not, you're gonna become a new. Oh man, I think Bollywood movies are sweet. big Bollywood fan. But what what did I watch though? Like what did I really watch besides Robot? I watched Existence. Oh, directed Dude, Tooth Gun by David Cronenberg. So you were in a video game mood. So I'm glad you guys have seen this movie. Uh, I'm guessing you haven't seen it in years. No, yeah, it's been a long time. I watched it the time. year it came out. I think this, that was the last time I saw this. this. 1999. This came out the same year as The Matrix, and it shares so many similarities with it. It's cra- it's crazy. Like. The fact that they're jacked into this game world that you don't, you can't distinguish from reality and stuff. Um, the the real draw of existence, capital X and is Z, capital Z, yeah, like what? <laughs> David Cronenberg, you're insane, dude. Uh, but the, the the crazy thing about this movie is that all the game consoles are like little wriggling little scrotum creatures. Oh yeah, it's all like bio it's nasty it's weird this movie is nasty and the bio punk yeah it's total biopunk but as you're saying the tooth the bone gun <gasps> the guys the chinese restaurant scene in this movie it's like ugh. is absolutely stomach turning where jude law his game character um this movie talks about like free will and and what you're compelled to do in in the game world is you have these sort of Im- impulsions to act a certain way that you can't resist because you're your game character is like has to act a certain like way to you're, advance. You're the either plot. renegade or uh... no, but in the game world, like you, you want to no, fight it. You, you're you're obligated to play as renegade or yeah. You have to make uh, a decision, Paragon, right? So he's eating this nat. He orders the special this Chinese restaurant, Jude Law, and he eats this whole disgusting I, a- oh, yeah, alien. I it's like alien bug parts and fi- alien fish and lizards, and he's slimily eating. It's stomach turning. And as he's eating, he's building this bone gun. It's the fucking craziest movie ever, dude. Oh, I, I highly recommend it. It does get kind of funky kind of towards the end where you start sort of... It always made me so squeamish when they plugged the flesh plugs into the spine or whatever. The umbilicals go into yeah. the, your lower back, Ugh. right? Ugh. It's not quite as clean as the Matrix. No. Um, and 
the console repair scenes in this are, are basically I don't remember that. Just like they look like veterinarian, like almost like an alien autopsy. They just have this. They're doing quick surgeries. But it's just like this blood and guts everywhere. It's just torn open. Creature. I guess the idea in this world is there's these weird mutant little creatures everywhere. And they're using parts from these weird monsters to build these consoles. Biomechanical These biomechanical things that you plug yourself into. And your own body powers them and shit you interface with weird things um in, in the game when you get sucked into this game which is called existence jennifer jason lee is the designer uh there's like these npcs that go into idle animations and shit like there's one scene where a dude is just kind of like doing the you know mortal Kombat when you're ready to get your yeah, just, <laughs> shake like to it, finish turn, him. turning the head around the, the, you're swaying. Just, that dazed animation it, it they're exploring a character who's just caught in a loop and his head is just twirling around as he's waiting for you to deliver a line of dialogue to him it, the movie gets really meta with Jennifer Jason Lee sort of like narrating the movie commenting on the editing like Jude Law comments on an edit at one point in this movie when they get plugged into the the game Jude Law goes, is it always that smooth of a transition? Because <laughs> like, it like sort of dissolves. <laughs> like, he actually comments on how well it was edited. That's awesome. I don't know, man. This movie fucks with your head. Maybe a little too much at the end. David Cronenberg likes to like... That's his jam. He likes to really mess with you. I remember having very mixed feelings when I watched this the first time. Yeah, it doesn't all work as well as you want it to. Like, it, there's a reason why this isn't like a top shelf sci fi classic. It is kind of. I don't. I'm having a hard time remembering the end, but I don't want you to give spoilers. No, I won't. So I won't. But okay. I mean, it does deal with the fact, like, sort of how many layers deep they, they're going into games within games within games here. Inception is a complete ripoff of Existence, uh, but it 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 didn't have the. No, no. What do you do? You, 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 yeah, that does everything, right? That makes Inception good. I mean, instead you have it's really complicated, so it must be good, right? Instead, you have Jude Law sticking his tongue into Jennifer Jason Lee's bioport on the back of her spine. <laughs> <laughs> this is as David. This is Cronenbergian as hell, right? It sure is. Holy shit! Just body horror. And slime and goo. Like there, there's like discharge. stuff dripping. Just, just and like di- bodies discharging. Sounds like. Yeah. The, the ending's crazy. Existence is cool. And Jude Law looks like a little baby. He's so young. Uh, I don't know, guys. That was around AI time, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good in that. Um, yeah, not Jig- bad. Gigolo Joe, I think. Yeah. He's uh, he's pretty good in most of the movies that he films. I think he films them. Yeah, that guys, he's, he's a good, he's a good actor. Uh, should that, we? It's impressive that he films himself from like so far away. He can do is, that. He, is is he going to be young Dumbledore? I heard that somewhere. Yeah, Dumbledore. I guess in the next in the next Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts and uh, Creatures. Yeah, how to print money and where to beast them. Guys, should we head into the jungle? How many times should we? We'll head into the jungle and like then we'll come three, back like three or four times, and then we'll go back into the jungle, and then we'll come back. They've got fun and games in no. the jungle. No, guys, don't do that in to me. In the jungle, the don't do that to me either. Jungle. No, the pottery is broken. <laughs> Percy Fawcett is rolling in his grave. 
Poor guy. Is or, he? Is he still alive? Mm. Probably still kicking it. Uh, no, no fucking chance. He's probably passed on. Declared dead in absent absentia. No, also, but also he's, would be way too old yeah, to be alive. He'd be like a hundred and fair enough thirty probably at this point. But did he find Zed? May I speak candidly? Please. My survey work was long ago. To be quite honest, I was rather hoping for a position where I might see a fair bit of action. Major, this is far more than just survey work. This is exploration in the jungle. The environment's brutally difficult. Terrible disease, murderous savages. The journey may well mean your life. At the very least, you will be gone for several years. But were you to succeed, such an undertaking could earn you soldierly decoration and even reclaim your family name. So that was a clip from The Lost City of Zed, a true-life drama centering on British explorer Colonel Percival Fawcett, who disappeared while searching for a mysterious city in the Amazon in the 1920s. Mm. Yeah, that's a pretty yeah. That, that that'll simple. do it. Sums it up. Yeah, it, simple more synopsis. than usual, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the Lost City of Zed is written and directed by James Gray, and it stars Charlie Hunnam, Robert Pattinson, Sienna Miller, Tom Holland, uh, Angus McFadden, and Ian McDiarmid as uh, <laughs> reprising his role as Emperor Palpatine, I suppose. Mm. So we had Palpatine and Spider Man. And um, Robert the Bruce from Braveheart, I believe. If you remember the guy who stabbed William Wallace in the back, basically. Raleigh from Pacific Rim. A lot of good, a lot of good people in this. Guys, what did you think of the Lost City of Zed? Red. Um, first, start with just how great, you, you, how much you appreciate the fact that they're not calling it. The Z. Yes. The one thing <laughs> that I do love about this movie is that it is called the the Lost City of Z. Even because though because that's what everyone it sounds better to say it. the lost to the Lost City of Z does roll off the tongue. I don't know. To Zed. be fair, you can read that title however you want. You in can. the movie they say Zed though. He says Zed because that's what most people in the world have, you know, historically called that letter of the alphabet and especially because this may or may not even be a real place at all it really doesn't matter <laughs> no um this movie was long and boring and uh i don't think i liked it very much um it was repetitive and dull and um there were some cool moments uh <clears throat> scattered throughout um but mostly i just kept thinking about how brad pitt I guess was supposed to be the lead. And so at all these moments, I was thinking like, I wonder how Brad would have played that. I wonder if he would have done it better. 
Um, <laughs> so you were just dreaming of of you were just stuck in Brad Pitt's eyes, just dreaming about. Well, how- it doesn't say a lot to the quality of a film <clears throat> if right after I see a scene performed, I wonder if another actor could do it better. Charlie Hunnam is he leaves something to be desired, right? He just looks. I mean, he he has this mustache to try and make him look old, like he's like a a sort of father figure or like an older guy. And then they, they make him look a little bit gaunt and they make the mustache a little bit long. They don't even make it longer. No, they just doesn't look old ever. So I find his believability is a bit strange. That's a good point. I think Brad Pitt would have sold this character like the age. physically, Yeah. And and just sort of the years stacking upon them of, Mm. you know, of obsession of hardship you know like he just looks like he's still a fresh-faced dude with some makeup yeah on. well yeah, when, when not... we first meet him he's supposed to be 40 yeah 39 right yeah is when his first his first yeah. expedition was when he was 40 hunnam looks like i mean that mustache would have taken him years to grow <laughs> <laughs> no they actually had technology to grow fast it's pointy no, mustaches in the early that's, 1900s that's called snake oil <laughs> uh mike <laughs> What did you think of the Lost City of Zed? Uh, okay, I, I, this is going to be interesting because I thought the film had some interesting subject matter. Uh, I really like what you said right after we watched it, right in the theater. You're like, it, it, the film itself was kind of like someone trying to stay awake, so it would nod off for a little bit and then it would like shake itself awake with an exciting part and then just nod off again. I think that's a pretty, pretty good description of how this went two hours and 20 minutes is long especially when not a lot is really going on except this guy repeating over and over that the city is there he needs to go find it um the most dramatic scene was a dude asking for an apology (laughs) in a room full of stuffy englishmen Uh, all of the scenes back in england are the most this movie sparks back to life as you know your eyes snap back open when Anytime, you get back to when, when we go back to england all of the best scenes in this movie are the ones not in the jungle which is kind of why i bought a ticket i thought well that's interesting yeah because the drama takes place there the attempt at drama in the jungles just comes off as failed i would say like the, the first expedition where they're mapping the river going looking for the mouth of the river uh a couple guys die or something like that or There's a couple of piranha attack yeah attacks yeah like it's just like torturous yeah it's like oh god this so but, I ac- but actually we loved it <laughs> i didn't find that as uh let's go back to more time as playing as super dramatic i, I don't know it didn't work for me like i, I didn't sense these guys desperation i think it's because i knew that he was going to be fine anyway well the Um, stakes seem so low i mean they're 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 mapping mapping a river river. like who cares i know we do get some setup about the uh the rubber wars which occurred you know in bolivia and brazil fighting over like rubber trees and land yeah and that border dispute that actually would have been interesting but so so we get this guy doing the survey and then finding pottery and wanting to prove uh, that this ancient civilization existed in a place where no one thought it could to upend what we know about human human history and prove all this grand stuff. And it would make maybe the English look less in the eyes of history. Like, there's all these amazing ambitions. 
But I mean, at this point, but, we had already we had already seen so many ancient sites in North America. This wasn't the first. Well, this was. This like, is, what what about Teotihuacan in Mexico? A gigantic pyramid. Massive. When, when was that found, though? Like it, uh, you can't miss that thing. Like Machu Picchu was is recent. Like that's only yeah. Not well, Machu Picchu was in the middle of his adventure. Right, right, right. He finds. I out. believe there's, there's Machu Picchu in Peru, and um, sorry, uh, Chichen, Chichen, Itza Chichen Itza was more recent in history. The jungle just swallows shit up. Like we still, there's plenty of runes out there we haven't found. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, but so so I thought the whole him trying to prove that these people were just as good as everybody else was an interesting story. I'm like, okay, this guy is pretty progressive. There's a scene where he talks down to his wife and then that takes all of that away because he's just as close minded about certain things if they're not following his agenda. So I did not understand the placement of that scene. It was weird. It was to let her um, have is, some screen time. Is it yeah. just to paint like what men were like in the time is that all we're kind of getting I, I, at here or is it just a look at the to, the character this is this is just to who develop he was. the wife I this think. is just I, I think to so. develop the character of the wife a little but, bit so I was interested in this whole movie and right before uh, I decided what I was going to talk about I read what Percy Fawcett was actually like and so this movie is utter bullshit and that takes a lot of a lot of it away from for me because his first expedition it was during the whole rubber wars thing he was just ferried between rubber war rubber uh outposts and they just fed him like none of this shit happened on the first oh, expedition man. i i, I want to like, point out i just looked up uh Ch- chichen itza was was first uh written about in 1843 and they surveyed it in 1860 gotcha so like i don't who cares about these pots that Percy found like who, who could care? It, uh, it was, it was ridiculous. And, uh, apparently he was not very good. And he, he wrote a memoir. This, uh, Percy Fawcett wrote a memoir talking down about all of the natives. Like everything that they built him up to be in the movie is a lie. (laughs) So, Mm. uh, I take a little issue with that, trying to paint him into something that he's not, he was incompetent. He, yeah. Anyway, the movie itself had issues. It was just, it just boiled down to pacing for me. Like the, I was I was interested in what was going on and him trying to prove the existence of Zed. Uh, but it could have been an hour and a half, and I would have been happy. Well, I think should have been an hour and a half. No, yeah. I don't necessarily like. I think it told a nice story, and you really sunk into the characters and everything pretty well. I thought it. it, it if this movie was just more engaging in the sequences that you kind of came. Out to the, the movie. jungle, yeah. We came here to watch sort of... I know it's not a Raiders of the Lost Ark situation, but we kind of came here to see some cool jungle action, maybe some Apocalypto stuff a little bit. Well, the, we, the action is very poorly done. None of it is convincing. I didn't feel really engaged in any of the the tense sequences. So e- even when we're in them, I didn't... I didn't... I, I couldn't... I couldn't wait to leave the jungle. To be like honest with you, the river sequences work well, for you. It's it's interesting really. on the raft. I mean, it's it is scary when those arrows just pop out of nowhere, slam into the boat or something. Like I do like the jump scare aspect of when they get attacked several times, but I mean, other than that, well, then that's an interesting point because I thought the war sequences was very poorly done. Yeah, that you was know? awful. Yeah, those were uh, not... And I didn't know why it was even there, other than just to, again, part of that same bedroom sequence with his wife, maybe there just to 
to paint the picture of this real character in a movie that wasn't a biopic you wouldn't you wouldn't have these scenes in it well and i you know what i think i read that he never fought on the front in the war because <laughs> he was too old <laughs> yeah I, I, I just again i didn't but then when would he meet the fair the fortune teller oh that was true that he was a disciple or whatever of that fortune teller. that actually happened yeah um okay i wasn't a fan of this movie not a huge fan i did like some of it though um the opening shot thought i was in great hands yeah that was nice with, like the sort of fiery campfire opening up sweet little logo um and then when we were chasing this deer down in this horse brigade, and people are just eating it, and these horses oh, the are yeah, that was crazy. Like, what was that a real, an actual? Sort I guess of, that would happen during a fox hunt. Maybe that but did that actually happen while they were filming this movie? Did like a horse die well, on camera? Well, what I yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Were they filming this shot and a horse tripped? Oh man, it looks like a bunch of dudes just and fucking these get stunt dudes wiped get out thrown out beat it. or thrown all over. Oh my like god, two or three horses just somersaulting. Um, and another reason why I think this movie isn't engaging and doesn't really work is because literally the audio levels are awful, and you you can't even hear a lot of the dialogue. People are mumbling. The audio isn't. Was that the theater though? No, I've seen other people. Uh, oh, really? Online oh, saying okay. the same thing about the dialogue is that they just can't hear a lot of the characters. Hmm. Um, well, it's because I, I think you're right. The audio is off because the accent is there, and if you're not British or you're not used to hearing the accent, they don't talk in a way that's easy to hear without audio help. Sometimes it does see like Charlie Hunnam seems mumbly a lot, mm-hmm. and he's, that, he's always had that though, right? Enunciate, damn it. He's not a good actor. This was probably his best performance, but I didn't... I still don't like the guy. Uh, but Yeah, I'm waiting on it, Arthur to make my <laughs> final decision. Uh, the cinematography is pretty good, though. This looks like a film that you could have watched... Like go into the 1940s and like snatch a film out, and this is kind of what it would look like. Um, There's some really nice shots in this film. So that are in focus. I, I have I can give it some credit there, but the first mission, uneventful. Every single mission, it doesn't even feel like we're getting anywhere. Like yeah. re- it's repetitive and aimless. Um, I'm not really sure why they decided to establish. Like, not every trip up the river had to be dangerous. I just didn't know why so, we, were, we were drawing all of this out, and it didn't actually take us anywhere and then again when the film sparks back to life like in the courtroom scene or whatever they're in this big sort of but even that to me is not convincing like i can't see hunnam yelling in a a room full of old men and by the end of his speech they're all cheering like come on they're all the guy was yelling pots and pans pots and pans (laughs) like five seconds ago you know but in that scene they're, they're trying to give sienna miller something to do and they just sort of cut to her my lovely wife was in the library and she found some documents. Okay. What, like, who could... How? That's also not Again, are we supposed to feel the shoehorn. Well, just, are we supposed to just automatically... It, I don't, I'm not convinced at any point that he thinks the city is even out there. Does that make sense? Uh, no, I think he does. Well, there's no proof presented to him that he, says there's a giant city. Well, he saw the pottery... And he, he saw, keeps seeing those statues in, in and, you know, 
places that seem almost. I just there's this account from the seventeen forty three or whatever this paper that he his like yeah. his wife found talking about see, seeing the ruins of this city. Yeah, was it wasn't um, it a Portuguese soldier from the seventeen hundreds? And I think and he said there was a city beckoned with gold. <laughs> Back so in the seventeen hundreds, uh, the overacting is just completely yeah, out of control, man. The, I think the point that they're trying to make with that, and that they do a decent job of, is that he's obsessed with it. So anything that adds fuel to the fire, he's trying to make a name for himself, like. From he has to start. redeem his family's name. Well, he needs to redeem his family name, but he's also uh, he's fucking forty. I have no, he has no badges. He's, he feels he's, so he's a shit. major in the ar- in the army, and he doesn't have any de- any decoration. Yes, he has and no he- decoration because that's what I think they're they're like really. Someone in my theater laughed very hard when the the guy was like, "He has a poor choice of ancestors." Yeah, I was like, "That's not that funny," but um. <laughs> Uh, it's it made clear, I guess, what they're trying to underline about the character is so, that his family is uh, secondary. Yeah, I guess, and he's, and he's obsessed with with making a name for himself, which I think they did a, a pretty good job. Sure, of. sure. I, I guess I, I felt just he's re- Percy's reduced to just a, one simplistic desire. Like Amazonia. It's, it, yeah, it's just so. It's just so completely basic and uninteresting in my opinion like there's no nuance to to any of his he's just i want to find the lost city of zed yeah he just wants to go keep going it's it's pretty one note and i i don't like his relationship with uh spider-man either because tom spider-man doesn't do (laughs) nearly enough superhero it does it does take him a while to get into the picture like he doesn't even wear the costume and it just seems so shoehorned in but I guess they need to because he does, in fact, take Jack with him, like his son, on the last expedition. So they need to figure out how to get him in the film somehow. Uh, it just yeah, that it just f- took forever for us to get there. Um, and then out of nowhere, it just turns around. Like what little we get of Jack, he hates his father for not being around, and then for no apparent reason really except that his father is blind from chlorine gas for a little while he's like oh i'm sorry i've been such a dick let's have a relationship well yeah i I mean did we at least touch at any point on him dad i've always wanted to come with you but you're just a dick there was nothing like it was that was a terribly written character and and the sexist we talked about this before the sexist scene in the middle of the movie that is I guess you can't come with me, wife. Because exploration is not suitable for women. You couldn't bear it. I feel like this is supposed to sh- be like a shocking. How dare he? What a monster! I guess is. Are, are, are we are we observing sort of male behavior of the times that was acceptable? Did, did this? Did you guys get any? Did like this? Did not. <clears throat> I did not react to this in any way. No, it, it didn't. I it didn't understand. Fl- I didn't understand what was trying to be conveyed. Really, it fell flat. I, I I didn't get it either. What was this in context of? You know, it was it, just it was, I think trying to show how much she missed. Like it was, it was developing. It was trying to you know show their relationship and how strong it was and how they wanted to be together, but really. They couldn't just because of this one thing, and you know his love for her and his love for the jungle were okay. at odds with each other. I, and I get it's all, it's, and the jungle who, wins out. But because... as you often say, Scott, who could care? <laughs> right? I did, he doesn't. I uh, yeah. He doesn't do anything other than 
just insult her for being a woman in this scene, it feels like to me. You know, it, it, well, who's going to take care of the kids? He just is really laying into her. You can't do this. We're, we're alike in mind, but not in body. Well, it's, all of this just uh, yeah, it's, it's very Victorian. It's a bunch. Yeah. Of, it's a bunch of excuses. He doesn't want his wife to meet his mistress, who is the jungle. So it's just like, okay. no, you can't come. Well said. Uh, yeah. And then we get the second mission with this weird ass fat dude who wants to come along, completely botches the whole mish, dumps all the food out. Um, and then the apology scene for this is way more interesting than anything that's happening like during the events. Oh, yeah. There's draw the, out this the, whole... To me, like the most uh, dramatic action performed in this film was, was a, the buttoning of a sport coat. <laughs> After telling someone off? You know, like yeah. standing up and doing up a button just like... Bam! Well, I thought like a that, punch to the face. I thought like that was the, a good, like the exclamation mark on the end of a sentence. Yeah, I thought it was a decent moment though, where you have uh, that chubby dude who, who paid for some of the mission sitting in the boardroom, just sort of sh- waiting as Percy Fawcett comes down, sort of nods, you know, Mister Smith or whatever. Murray, this is the James first time Murray. we're seeing each other. Since I've like, yeah, he, abandoned in the, in the past scene, he's like, he's probably dead. Yeah, and then he's sitting here. Uh, yeah, and, and almost sort of like, now we're summarizing this 45-minute extended sequence that we've just laboriously drawn out, and now we're finally confronting the, the sort of dramatics of what has taken place. And it's sparks get to fly. The movie wakes the fuck up for a moment instead of passing out on itself. This this thing is a wreck, man. Braveheart McScotland King just he's a pretty good actor. He pulled that off for me. Um I mean, did, like did you did you want any subtlety to this movie? I I was missing some of that. Like there's there's no sim there's no symbolism anywhere. Uh I don't I don't need to do any interpretation of anything. I don't I don't know if this is the movie for that maybe, but um, well, didn't they attempt at the end for just characters directly state their dreams and desires to you? Just here, I mean, there's but, just no I mean, subtlety to any of this. What was the point of this movie? I don't know. It was to make a movie out of the book, The Lost City of Zed, which I'm sure is really good. Which, which, uh, well, again, that's been criticized because the writer has acknowledged he knows nothing about rainforests and just added a bunch of crazy shit in the story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay so this is all just fucked um <laughs> the source material that it drew from was flawed so hmm. so there you go i I, this, I don't know what they're trying to say like that's what i want to get they're at. trying to say that it seems like they're saying like oh the you know the the natives are equal to the europeans but you're saying michael that he didn't in fact, like no, he didn't. This think is not that at all. A, not an accurate depiction of the individual. So what about just what is the but within movie? the movie? Yeah, yeah. what is the movie so, saying? I don't know. Like what? Why? Like he obviously doesn't you... succeed, right? Like this, he disappeared. The, yeah, the movie. Did he, did he actually have a a compass? Like, do you get one when you join the Royal Geographic? No, Society? no, he didn't have a compass. Um, that that was just a a touch put in the like. All of that wasn't true. I want to talk uh, about the the but the final ritual scene. Do you guys 
do you guys do you guys understand what was going? Because I have an interpretation of that. Maybe here's the only time to do. I any thought of that, that was interesting. <clears throat> well, that they they drink some liquid and they pass out, and I'm guessing they're just drowned in the river in much the same way as the fish earlier are poisoned or temporarily sort of knocked out with this milky liquid that they pour into the river. Well, I got the sense because of the compass showing up at the end that they, and the brief exchange we had of the chief and an advisor or whoever was talking during the ritual where they're drinking the, the fluid. It's like, he's not one of them, but he's different. We need to set a spirit free. I actually thought they might be taking them. Find his soul spirit, a new home. Yes. I thought they might be knocking them out so they didn't know where they were and taking them to the city and then they were never allowed to leave, which is why he sent the compass back. Like So it, it was saying that they did, in fact, find it, but because it's a secret, okay. they could never leave. I wish the movie maybe conveyed that better. That's a that's a cool idea. That's a cooler interpretation than what I got, which is just that they ate them. <laughs> They just dunked, that's possible. I, I, got, I got. They just dunked them in the river. I don't. I don't know why. It looked like we were walking down into the river there. Yeah, but there was stuff on the other side too, right? We, like it looked like they were just passing over into another realm. We pan back up into. I don't fucking know, man. And the final shot is pretty dope, right? Can we agree on that? The mirror jungle. She Sienna Miller walks out of the office uh, of the RGS of, of the yeah the leader. And she walks down the stairs, and we go into a mirror of her, you know, walking backwards away from the camera now, and she walks into a room that is completely all jungleified. Uh, okay, I guess. So, what, well, well, what are they going her for with that? Because her she, her psyche is still her is, soul is in the jungle with her well, family. She's dreaming of her. She lives in the jungle because, like, her life is intertwined with. Yeah, uh, Percy's and you know he, she she never left the jungle like he's there so she's there just carrying this baggage forever yeah. now okay I, I liked that I thought it was interesting I liked the end too with the feeding fluid to these guys I don't know what's happening to them leaving it open to interpretation I feel if the rest of the movie had followed in those lines it would have been much more interesting I wish Terrence Malick had maybe done a pass on this movie, maybe maybe just as an editor. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, right. I just needed some flavor here, right? It was. Yeah. It was. This is this actually. This is the kind of thing that Malik could uh, really spice up and yeah. add some just some impression is impressionism to. I don't. I don't know what I'm looking for, but I feel like the movie's not gripping enough to appreciate as like a, just an action or, or an adventure or exploration movie. Uh, and, and it needs it's, to be more cerebral, and it's and it's but it's not cerebral enough to be exactly appreciated as like this impressionistic mood piece they try or something. At the, at, near the end, when they get towards the like fairy uh, fortune teller stuff, yeah. but like it doesn't necessarily land that well because it it's the only time we've seen this sort of fantastic side of things. So, so ha- have we landed on a theme for this? Like what the message of no, this film? No is? clue. No clue. Um, Follow your dreams. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot, I I guess. I think it's that, like, Victorian uh, seek to to strive to seek to find, and um, I forget the end of the quote, but... um, (laughs) But that's what it is? Yeah, that's that's what it (laughs) is. I guess the idea being here that these 
these untouched civilizations in the jungle can't be they they can they can't be studied or you know what I mean like they 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 kind of exist on their own and they can't be yeah I don't know is 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 it the end of British imperialism or I I don't know I don't know and I, I, th- I think quote. that's I think that's the issue is that it this movie doesn't seem to know what it's trying to say. So I was reminded of Ulysses by uh, Lord Alfred Tennyson. And it's that uh, to to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. The full quote is that though much is taken, much abides. And though we are not now that strength which in old days moved earth and heaven, that which we are, we are one equal temper of heroic hearts made weak by time and fate, but strong in will to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Hmm. Okay. So that is the the old school mentality of... Just keep fucking trying, man. And, it, well, and, and keep but is it breaking also, through and keep keep violating the prime directive. Well, because it, seem, it seems to end on the note supporting his obsession. Like, it, it sends off the compass to prove that he's found Zed, because he, he said... I'm going to send this off if I can't show up again, but I found it. And then at the end, it's like, hey, archaeologists have recently uncovered runes right where he thought the city would be. Um, that, so, that compass is such a Christopher Nolan little MacGuffin, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Give me a break. So, yeah, like <laughs> it, it, it's like this movie is vindicating obsession, you know, like because this is he took his kid into the friggin jungle. I, you know, to, to basically it's, it's die. funny that you say that because I one one interpretation in my brain was of Santa Miller walking into that her living room or whatever, all filled with jungle. Oh man, did she did she go insane and create a jungle in her house? Like, remember Richard Dreyfus in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where he actually builds the giant you know stone mount mountain monolith thing in his living room. Right, he's carving yeah. it out of mashed potatoes. No, but eventually he's building it out of earth yeah. and clay in his yeah. living room. Right? Did uh, Sienna Miller go crazy and plant a jungle in her in her living room? No, because no. she, she was in the society's building. That's it. So I think. What that, do you got? I think that my recalling Ulysses is actually probably nailed what this is about. Okay. Um, do do you are you guys familiar with? The, the poem i mean it's awesome yeah i i studied it back in right. the day but so um facing decades old, ago like ulysses let, so i'm on wikipedia here and i'll just pair i'll read a little bit for you so uh facing old age mythical hero ulysses describes his discontent and restlessness upon returning to his kingdom ithaca after his far-ranging travels despite his reunion with his wife penelope and son telemachus ulysses yearns to explore again what does that sound like? Wanderlust. It, it sounds like uh, Kevin Costner in Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so was this someone's attempt at, at taking a piece of history, uh, perverting it to their own means to rewrite Ulysses? Because <clears throat> I think you could look at this as a biopic, right? I think that's mainly what it's trying to do. And it's not a successful one. 
you know what I mean? Like, I think if that's the closest thing we're trying to get at here, and that's why you include all these random scenes that are just snapshots of his life and not just plot elements that that lead to his jungle expeditions. Like, we get a lot of other stuff here that that you'd get in a normal biopic, right? Like here, like here he is with his early wife and getting older and his kids growing up. And if we focus much more on the jungle, we got some Raiders of the Lost Ark shit going on. Well, so it really, kind of, I, I, I kind of want him to pick. Like it's on the fence, right? Like it's going back and forth. It needs to go one way. What are you guys giving this? Oh, I was just gonna say, I, I see this as a redemption story. Like tr- through and through, that's all he's trying to do is redeem his family name. Like that's it. I didn't get any of that. I didn't get any of it. Like, they just nobody, mention it at the beginning, and they're then, at a party, yeah, and a few people everything say he they does. turn their nose up at him, and that's it. Everything he does in this, though, is to build a name for himself regardless of yeah. like he doesn't care about his family it's about glory for himself which would come probably from the the life of being ridiculed sure. and, and there and um robert pattinson who we haven't even mentioned pretty good beard i thought he was one of the best characters in the movie he's okay because yeah, he doesn't say too much yeah he's very very you know understated and quiet and uh at one point i think he's reading off the different expeditions that have been successful elsewhere over well, the year and when he's trying to talk him out of going back to the jungle it's like this is all kind of this fad is over right like the, the all of the cool discoveries are done and that to me is kind of what i didn't he's care too, about. he's too hipster he's well, like yeah. he's like i'm not going to the amazon you know it's not cool anymore because everybody's doing it i just felt like it's we're in the 1920s none of this is new we're not you found some pots in the twenties, he saw statues in that like canyon. I it just did not feel like there was any amazing discovery. I, you know what I was waiting for, guys? Waiting for the lost city of Zinj, which is the crazy uh, like temple city in the in the book and movie Congo. Mm. I was waiting for that <laughs> shit. I was waiting for the gray gorillas to show up here, man. Yes, the ones that hold the big. That would have been interesting. Those crazy like auto guns and no, 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 no. In the in the book, there's big stone discs that they put their fingers in the middle and they squash you with. Oh my god! And they pop your eyes out. You you squish pretty oh good god. between them. Oh man, I wish this was Alien versus Predator, <laughs> and they found like a temple that had aliens in it. That would have made this movie great. The gray gorillas versus predators. Oh shit! That would be dope. And then Pacific Rim. So at the Predong- micro Predongo. We have that, and then the macro we have the kaiju. Oh my god. And the guys oh, we're getting a little off track here. What is your score on this movie? Are we mm. are we really gonna slay this thing or what? What's gonna I happen? Mean, I'm not gonna give it a very good score because I didn't like it, but I mean it's not a terrible movie. Uh so I'm gonna have to give it like a six and a half. Okay. That's actually pretty generous. Maybe that is too generous, and maybe it's a six from me on The Lost City. I just did that. I just did that to you. You did. You helped me be firm. Which is clearly my score as well. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to feel about it. I know. The problem is it didn't make me feel anything solid. (laughs) No. No matter what I go... Gods of Egypt, I had a very specific feeling after I left that theater. This this there's a, not I, a lot of 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 emotion or sort of like heart if, or be, there's not a lot of like blood flowing through this it movie. It felt like a history book. Like that's it just read like fact 
to me. Like it was, it was, it was not a, a test movie. reel for uh, Hunnam. Yeah, just like an acting reel. Let's check it out. I can yell and I can sport a sick sharp mustache. He's he can't. If anybody ever like holds him down and shaves that off, oh man, he's in big trouble. I bet you he looks twelve and he won't be able to grow one for years. You know, there's some good stuff here. I think it's just edited really poorly. Just kidding, Charlie. Well, yeah, the camera work, the uh, the out of focus shots are out. That was weird. Ridiculous. There's so many shots that are just straight up out of focus. Which I thought was, uh, how can we be doing this? And that's what I don't remember. There were that. quite a few where, like, uh, maybe it's intentional. It was a, it was I don't a, know. I don't think so. It like, adds to that old school a feeling little, of the movie. A little blurry for some of the primary shots. Like the main actors are slightly out of focus, and then someone there. No, I don't like it. Just I, I counted at least five or six times where it's like a Jesus. Lot, uh, a, a lot of the reviews online I've seen uh, have praised this movie. The ones that are glowing, and there's a f- few of them. There's a few reviews of this that I've read that are like, "This is amazing. This is a five star movie," uh, and, and and they praise the movie for being something that doesn't get made a lot anymore. Like studios don't make movies like this anymore. My mind goes whenever someone says that, I always think of Sorcerer. Sorcerer is so much better than The Lost City of Zed. Well, it's very different. And to me, I don't, I don't feel like. Anything in this movie is just. I, th- what do you mean they don't make movies like this anymore? I don't. I don't feel like there's no. There's no boundaries being broken. Well, it's. A, it's. A, it seems like well, it's a sprawling. movies are like this? It seems like it's a sprawling epic, and I could see. I might have even read some comparisons to stuff like Legends of the Fall, where it it's, doesn't seem very epic to me. I know, right? Like the, the problem is. I don't. I don't think. I think the structure is what they're talking about, but the way this film deals with that it doesn't do a good job i don't know it I, should feel more epic because it's across this guy's entire life yes but really because charlie hunnam looks ageless the entire time it lacks that whole punch like you don't Man. you don't feel that brad, brad pitt i'm going to talk about brad pitt in a second well and the drama with his family is tacked on he would have done so much better uh yeah mr pitt so yeah. I don't know. What are you giving this? A five and a half? No, no. Like, there's still some good stuff here. I think I'm going to go with your six and a half. He's taking it. Nice. He yeah. took that spot. Um, I moved out of it. We're, we're not recommending The Lost City of Zed. You, you, you might like it if you're into this historical, like, this story, perhaps. I mean, if you're a fan of Percival hey, Fawcett Hey, guess already. what? Percy Fawcett was killed by the natives. And they said that, like, someone talked to them a few years after. And they're like, oh, yeah, we, pretty much it. we ate him. It was because he was a dick, not portray- not how they portrayed him in the movie. He was an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. He went not just with his son on the last expedition, but his son's friend. They had a bunch of porters and stuff with them that he said, no, we're going to go light, and turned them all away oh, man. and said, the natives will feed us, because they had in the past, but they Damn. also had stuff to exchange. And he just showed up being like, feed us and they're like give us stuff he's like we don't have anything to give like well we're not going to feed you and then they killed him Hmm. that's that's a good way to go into the jungle (laughs) nice so good explorer (laughs) so by all accounts he was a terrible explorer yeah yeah let's not celebrate him right uh that's a review of the lost city of zed everybody if you agree or disagree with our takes please let us know email us at vertical viewing at gmail.com uh before we go i want to talk about James Gray, the director of this movie, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. he's lining up a space film. 
His next film is like a spaceship movie. Mm-hmm. Like about building a spaceship? No, but, you know, like you're, you're the genre of spaceship movies, right? But like, Alien. Like Cars? Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those good classics. He like wants the one we just had with uh, Life. J-Law and... Uh, yeah. What's his nuts? Passengers. Chris, yeah. Chris um, Pratt. There's a, there's a lot of these. We just reviewed Life, right? Uh, that wasn't a spaceship movie. Yeah, Passengers? No, Life. Life was a spaceship movie. It's an alien movie. That's I, that, that's what we're talking about, I guess. You can find space gotcha. people. He's trying to make one uh, with Brad Pitt, and uh, he's saying that, uh, quote, what I'm trying to do is the most realistic depiction of space travel that's been put into a movie. And to basically say space is awfully hostile to us, it's kind of a heart of darkness story about traveling to the outer edge of the solar system. An engineer searches for his father, who disappeared looking for aliens during a journey to Neptune. I'm in. All right. Hmm. Uh, Why doesn't someone just do Heart of Darkness? Well, that's what he's talking about here. So um, I had read about NASA trying to find, quote, emotionally undeveloped people to travel to Mars because being cooped up for a year and a half is very difficult. The idea that I had was to sort of mix a Conradian story, Heart of Darkness, with the idea in which NASA has made a miscalculation about one of its astronauts who can't handle deep space. So it's like imagine if like you have a Colonel Kurtz kind of guy just losing his mind in space. Controlling Mars. I mean, it's been done, I think, but... We got to keep our eye on this one. Ghost, ghost of Mars, man. Uh, Ad Astra, which I think means... Ad Astra per Astra. To the stars? Mm. Something to the stars? Uh, next week, everybody, we are reviewing The Circle. Should be interesting. Yeah, Starring I'm not quite sure what it is. Tom Hanks? And, it's like uh, a Facebook murder movie. Pretty well, yeah, Emma it's basically Watson. like, hey, Silicon Valley is going too far. Stop them. It's like, it's like, hey, we're Facebook and we're turning into Skynet. Are you okay with that? I feel like this this plot line has been in like Bond movies and Mission Impossible movies. Like we've been wasn't wasn't the net part of it? Like wasn't Sandra wasn't, Bullock's that movie? was a identity theft? It wasn't Face oh, okay. Fate of the Furious? I don't know. We I'm done with 1984 esque. Well, aren't they shady internet companies? They're gonna Let's be see. they're gonna be making Fahrenheit four five one soon. Red, so. you have to stop fucking like hawking all this Google shit at me and making kickbacks. You it think is, I'm in the the Google circle? It's getting out of hand, man. You got to be careful. You don't want to get busted for any fraud here. What? Um, don't worry. I don't misuse googly the the brand. Great googly movie. Is there like a weird? Do you have to like cross yourself? Like make a G a G yeah, you around like, here? You draw G's. <laughs> Uh, that's our show everybody Red where can people find you on the internet you could find me at Jared underscore Sergeant um, I post some educational related stuff uh-huh. so you might not want to follow me but you might also so check it out all that Google stuff we were just talking about yeah uh, I am at Michael R. Lind on Twitter and M. Lind on Letterboxd and you'll find me playing Zelda for the next week so. yes. yes as with me uh you can find me on Twitter at Scott Wilson BC. That's with two L's in it. Uh, yeah. Guys, you can go to Vertical Viewing on Patreon. You can, and we hope you do. And you can support us just like our lithium level. These are our top shelf subscribers. 
Martin and Chris. The big dogs. These big dogs keep the lights on around here. Uh, we give you a digital cybernetic bear hug every week. Uh, if you want to get a digital cybernetic bear hug, probably hurts, but <laughs> That's I was hurts thinking about that description. <laughs> I mean, we reach through yeah. the internet uh, and, and we'll give you one. Uh, becoming a lithium level subscriber isn't required. You can donate $1 per month if you like on the hydrogen level. If you go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. Uh, what else can you get, Red? Well, if you're daunted by this idea of even the monthly subscription, you could just go to verticalviewing.com. And no, but what do you, what do patrons get, though? Oh, what what get, do they get for their money, man? They get bonus content. They do, right? They get old episodes. Are they maybe going to get a cartoon that we might make one day if we ever get off we're our asses? Try and animate some stuff. And we're going to, we got some videos and we got some old episodes <clears> with <throat> cool conversations about movies that you might not have seen that you probably should watch. Well, they're like Jake Gyllenhaal movies mostly because we're like huge fanboys. <laughs> yeah, I uh, love that guy. If you want to check out our review of Prisoners or Nightcrawler, become a patron today. Uh, or if you want a one-time donation. That's possible, as I, as I mentioned, at our website, verticalviewing.com. And you can look for the uh, the little yellow donate button. It's shiny. It's sparkly. You click on that, uh, and you help us keep those lights on, offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, sticking some internet pie right in the ears every week, and paying for cleanup costs, too. Mm. Don't forget wet, that. Wet, wet wipes. We, we, and yeah. <laughs> vertical viewing branded wet wipe boxes. It was vertical viewing right on it. Um, is there anything else, guys? I no? was disappointed to hear just how much of a shithead this guy actually was. Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't really, I'm not disappointed. You know, I didn't, I wasn't holding him in high regard anyway. He was um. an imperialist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Through and through. He was like a all about conquest, right? Well, he wanted, do you think he wanted to like stick a flag in the ground when he got there? Okay, then and then like raise it. Okay, like with the, with, a, the, with the in a vertical direction. The, the Union Jack on it. What would he have? No, it wouldn't. I don't have been. know. Like a, his family crest or some okay. shit. Like the you, Fawcett family crest. Keeping it vertical. Yeah, as it were. So it'd be like the Fawcett flag. Keep it vertical. <laughs>